Alberta Premier Jason Kenney and the United Conservative Party are feeling a little uplifted after a weekend convention. But the convention comes after a couple of weeks of controversy for the UCP government and amid growing discontent among public sector workers. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. We look at how Kenny fared at the party convention and what controversies await him back at the legislature. Don't forget you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get the best shows. Please leave us a rating and a review and don't forget, tell your friends about us. Tyler Dawson from the National Post joins me in studio. So Tyler, we're now in December. We're heading in toward the festive season. Everyone looking to get into the holiday spirit, as it were. The Conservatives, the United Conservative Party of Alberta, had itself its own little pre-Christmas uh, shindig down in Calgary. What can you tell us about the UCP AGM this past weekend? Yes, yeah, so this was the second ever convention that they had, and it was supposed to smooth over some policy resolutions, some governance issues, like how the like whether or not people on boards can run as candidates, you know, stuff like that. So on one hand, there was some interesting policy stuff. On the other hand, there was some, you know, super boring governance stuff, but mm-hmm. everyone there seemed to like it, I guess. So I was on the, the outside looking in in some ways <laughs> in that regard. Um, you know, there's a couple boozy nights, a speech from Andrew Shear, a speech from Jason Kenney. Laureen Harper did an introduction. It was, uh, you know, all in all a a pretty productive and uh, I think, as you said, festive weekend, it seemed. So there there weren't any overarching controversies. Sometimes you'll get instances where there will be a very controversial resolution that comes mm-hmm. to the floor and there will be some heated debate. I remember uh, previously, I can't remember if it was the UCP or the previous PC uh, AGM where there was a resolution around GSAs mm-hmm. and you had MLAs, Rick McIver and Leela here kind of standing up and really getting fiery, like saying, don't pass this resolution. It will make us look like the Lake of Fire party. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they passed it anyway. Um, there wasn't anything like that. There wasn't any kind of show of dissent among party members at all. Nothing significant. So there were a couple education-related resolutions. Um, The one, basically, they were feuding over the definition of the in a very Bill Clinton-esque way. And it was whether or not parents should be considered the preeminent stakeholder in education. So, you know, in some ways, I think this was maybe a smarter way at coming at the education question than, you know, we don't like GSAs. So, but there were some people who opposed that motion saying, look, the NDP is going to seize on this as Mm-hmm. an anti-GSA thing as a lake of fire thing. So maybe we should reconsider. Um, That did pass anyways. And, you know, there are a couple other things that weren't controversial in the room that, but I think could be, should, you know, a pundit or um the NDP care to make an issue of it. Like there was a, there was one resolution that was about whether or not they were going to officially as a matter of party policy, support the Canada Health Act, mm-hmm. Um, obviously, which, uh, you know, contextualizes our healthcare system. And um, that did not pass. Uh, You know, there were speakers saying that this is an incursion on provincial jurisdiction and things like that. So, I mean, if you really wanted to twist what happened and really wanted to spin it, you could say, oh my goodness, they're trying to privatize healthcare, Um, which was certainly not the case. But, but, you know, there there was some opportunity for controversy there, but um, inside the room, it was mostly pretty Everyone was more or less on the same page, it seemed. And even Andrew Scheer's speech, uh, you know, obviously it's not a federal party Mm -hmm. convention. Even Andrew Scheer, who's kind of facing questions about his leadership, there didn't seem to be any 
uh, great stir about his appearance and his future or anything like that among the gathered masses? No, I mean, there were rumors circulating beforehand that there was going to be this mass walkout, this huge show of dissent that people were really mad at Andrew Shear, And that didn't happen. There were, I mean, I think reporters maybe sort of said there were between like 10 and 20 people that walked out when he came on stage. I didn't see any of it. I was probably too busy tweeting. Um, but so that, that's like the, the amount of people that could get up to go to the washroom yeah. during the course of someone's speech as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, you know, that was, he got a warm and polite welcome. I would not say it was an overly enthusiastic welcome. Um, you know, he didn't, he didn't get booed. That was another thing that some uh, folks there were concerned about. So, you know, and, and the sense was very much, you know, if Andrew Shear can't come to Calgary and hold the room, then he's, then he's finished. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, I think did an all right job. Now, when it came to, to UCP leader and premier Jason Kenney, like his turn to the podium was Saturday evening. What mm-hmm. was he bringing to the room? What were kind of the big themes that he was trying to hit on related yeah. to the party? And did he touch on the last six months of government or did he look toward the future? Mm-hmm. What was Jason Kenney focusing on? Uh, a little bit of everything. So he gave this massive hour long speech, uh, that, you know, I had a friend who texted me halfway through wondering why we were in sort of Fidel Castro territory, but it was very much, I think a speech designed to set the agenda for the next, you know, several months to a year. Um, and, and maybe not so much set the agenda. I was talking with someone afterwards in the crowd who, and she said, you know, I think what this was is that Jason Kenney knows he has a fight coming up on various issues with the federal government, and he needed to be absolutely sure that every person at that convention was going to stand behind him and understood what the plan was and, you know, what maybe the talking points were and what the the reasons why these things were happening. So, yeah, he, he talked, he, he went way back to the election. He talked about the election, the amount of votes they got, how they ran a campaign, positive campaign, huge platform, blah, 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 all that stuff. Then... He did talk about what they've done and there's this like huge section of his speech where he would say something they'd done and then would go promises made, promises kept and the crowd would chant it along with him and he did that like 17 times or something <laughs> like that and uh, before he finally moving on. And then he talked about the fair deal for Alberta thing. Yeah. It was, you know, an amalgamation in some ways of a lot of the speeches he's given over the last little while. There wasn't a lot new in it. It wasn't as fiery as his speech at the Manning Center was a few weeks ago, um, but very much, uh, you know, there was some red meat for the masses. Mm-hmm. There was some policy stuff, uh, a pile of standing ovations. They were maybe a little grudging as the night went on. It was it was a long speech, so. Well, yeah, when you get going for an hour, there's only so many times you just want to stand and get up, you know. Uh, I have trouble after concerts. Or, <laughs> I, we're going to do this, all right. So overall, very positive weekend as far if you're a UCP member or if you're a member of the government, you come out of this weekend kind of feeling boosted, which is probably good because the last few weeks for Jason Kenney and the UCP, depending on who you ask, mm-hmm. have been, you know, either feisty or controversial. And even outside the the hotel where the AGM was being held, there were uh, some gathered protesters who mm-hmm. who kind of wanted to have their message heard. What were they saying? They were basically mad about cuts, uh, mad about, you know, what they see as austerity, as picking on union workers in the provincial public service, you know, whether that's healthcare workers, nurses, teachers, doctors, what have you. Uh, so that seemed to have mostly been their grievance. And there were, you know, there were several hundred of them, mm-hmm. I would say, over the course of the day. And it was really cold in Calgary this weekend. And they were, you know, marching around out, outside. So 
they uh, they certainly got their message out and, you know, took up a lot of the parking when the rest of us were trying to get into work. <laughs> so they essentially, they were outside protesting cuts. They're, this comes mm-hmm. on the heels that News Friday that from uh, AUPE, the Alberta mm-hmm. Union of Provincial Employees, the Health Sciences Association of Alberta, the United Nurses of Alberta, that we're potentially going to see job losses over the next few years mm-hmm. in the hundreds or the thousands. What can you tell me about that controversy? Well, that, it's an odd thing because I I very much got the sense this weekend that Kenny and his people, um, they're prepared to take the heat for whatever happens with public sector workers and unions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they believe that there is not a lot of goodwill towards those workers with, you know, they would point out their benefits and their salaries and job security and all these things that people in the private sector don't necessarily have. Um, so I think they're banking on there actually not being a whole pile of sympathy for them. Um, you know, it, it came up, the Calgary Board of Education, for example, came up a couple of times um, as I believe they are cutting teachers mm-hmm. and 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 you know they were like they were they called the board out and said well they're just they're terrible budgeters and money managers and instead of looking for ways to save money they decided to fire teachers and that's their fault not ours so i do not get the sense this is a government particularly concerned about the coming controversy um you know there have been there's been chatter about a general strike which i think would cause slightly yeah. more problems and kenny was he was imploring public sector unions to come to the table in a spirit of collaboration but gosh that's not what unions do that that's, they're they're not they're not there to make the bosses' lives easy to some extent. That's true. I'm, I'm not a huge trade unionist, but you yeah. know this is they're not they're not there to be nice to the government. They're not there to be nice to the public. They're there to defend their workers. Now, now when it comes to the argument that the general public may not have sympathy for government workers because of salary or benefits or job security, is there a difference between different classes of public sector worker, mm. like bureaucrats who work in offices in Edmonton, or teachers and nurses and doctors? Like, do you, do you get the sense that the government realizes that some Albertans may have sympathy for teachers and nurses? Yeah, I, I would say so to some extent, yeah, because during some of the speeches on the weekend, the government, people from the government who were speaking said, well, no, we're actually presiding over an expansion of the healthcare budget. We're not cutting healthcare spending. We're preserving important frontline services in education and healthcare. So, you know, in that regards, yeah, they are trying to maybe disrupt that narrative a little bit that, you know, they are trying to avoid those job losses and, you know, maybe distance themselves as political animals from the the funding decisions and the staffing decisions that are being made elsewhere. Yeah. Now you, you talk about Jason Kenney looking at, at fighting fights on a number mm-hmm. of fronts there, you know, there's this, uh, the labor issue. We talked previously about a fair deal for Alberta and what Jason Kenney wants to see from Ottawa mm-hmm. to, to make Alberta and Albertans happy. The last couple of weeks have been a kind of mired in controversy for the party as well. Going into this weekend, what was Kenny dealing with at the legislature and beyond in Alberta right. that has caused them a lot of problems? Yeah, there's a handful of things. Um, I would say the first is the private member's bill, Bill 207, which is a doctor's conscience rights bill that would further entrench the ability of healthcare workers to decline services and decline referrals for services to which they are morally opposed. That's sort of languishing somewhere in the legislature. So that was has been quite controversial for him. Um, he was conveniently in Texas during an uproar about Bill 22, which would see, well, it's passed now, and it saw the elections commissioner, Lorne Gibson, I believe, 
fired and that office moved into the chief electoral officer's ambit. And that's controversial because the election commissioner is the uh, office, the office of the elections commissioner is the office that was uh, investigating the UCP leadership race and it handed out a number Mm -hmm. of fines uh, totaling, I think, about $200,000 to related to an individual's campaign who many believed was a stalking horse mm-hmm. or a so-called kamikaze campaign. So why is it controversial for that individual to get kind of let go yeah. and, and those jobs rolled into the... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the perception among, I would say, some in the media and um, certainly in the NDP opposition is that this is shutting down the investigation. This is you know, interfering in the investigative process and ousting someone who's, you know, hot on the trail of the premier. That's very much the the, the angle that uh, Kenny's opponents were taking on it. And then, you know, in addition to that, um, there were a handful of spending scandals involving a $16,000 charter flight for premiers and their wives from Calgary to Saskatoon back in July. And there were a bunch of flights in between, I guess would have been either Edmonton or Calgary and London for one of Kenny's close advisors. Uh, mm-hmm. And we have no idea what he was doing there. They they say he was on important sort of investment related government business, but staying in super posh hotels and yeah. super expensive flights and things like that. So it's been, it has been a, the roughest few weeks, I think, for Kenny, uh, certainly since the election. Overall, do you think these are issues that kind of that resonate as much as the potential of a general strike or labor disputes mm-hmm. with teachers and nurses? Or are these kind of issues that might fall by the wayside? I think it's hard to say. Um, I think to some extent, you know, you can you can mismanage like huge swaths of government and do a really crappy job. And what people pay attention to is the, you know, $16 glass of orange juice mm-hmm. or whatever. I can't even, that's long time ago now in uh, spending <laughs> scandals. So yeah, I think to some extent it could stick around. You know, Rick Bell, I think we talked about it recently on the Press Gallery podcast that Rick Bell said this is a return to Tory land and we can't have that. And the, the government... You know, and I, I wrote, so I wrote about Jason Kenney as a guy who's probably going to be able to weather these storms more or less. And one of his former advisors said, the government can save at this point, it was elected to do these things. It was elected to glad hand with premiers. It was elected to fly people around to try and drum up investment. You know, it was elected to go after environmental groups and it was elected to do all these things. Um, The risk that, that this source said was that, you know, there's, there's the possibility that this becomes sort of the old PC arrogance where they think they can do whatever they want with no accountability and think mm-hmm. they own this province. Are we there yet? I think certainly some people would say we are. Um, I, I don't know if that is totally fair, but you know, that is, that is, I think a risk, you know, I talked to Rachel Notley as well. And she said, you know what, I think that they've burned a lot more political capital than they thought. She thinks a lot of people held their noses and voted UCP because they were concerned about the new Democrats and wanted someone to fight with Trudeau. But, uh, you know, are they going to be prepared for cuts to the public service and this and that? Well, I mean, yeah, kind of, because that was that was telegraphed in yeah. the election. Um, are they going to be prepared for what isn't really that much money in government terms, but looks like a lot of money, a yeah. lot of money, and and kickbacks or whatever? Blanking on what the word would be this Monday morning. Um, those I think could cause problems in the long term. Mm-hmm. Now, the legislature is still sitting as we as we head toward. Uh, Christmas, are things expected to wind down fairly soon? Uh, and then they might prorogue Mm -hmm. and then bring things back in time for a budget in 
late January, early February, or where do we think things are going to go? Yeah, I mean, the plan is that things are going to wrap up this Friday. So that'll be what, December 5th or 6th. Mm -hmm. um, it depends if they finish. Uh, there could be a few more sitting days. I don't I don't know if, um, I don't know if anyone's totally sure just yet. I think that's one of the things we'll be watching this week to see what happens next. All right. Well, yeah, as you know, as things go in Alberta politics, something to always keep your eye on there. Tyler, thanks for your time. You bet. Thanks for having me. 10-3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Tyler Dawson. More from him at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.